We're going to start back over in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The scripture says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. What is that special thing that Jesus does for us in every season, every circumstance? He leads us forth in triumph. Come on, say this to me. I'm a winner. Because he always leads me in triumph. If you're dealing with hopelessness today or it's been a temptation in your life, you've had a feeling of despair about something, the loss of a positive, forward-moving inner image in your life. You may have lost that sense of eager expectation or the ability to see beyond what's going on to the end of what God has actually promised. I want you to understand, though, today that hope is not some feeling. It's not just some platitude. Hope is the ability to supernaturally see beyond what's going on. Let me say this again. It's a supernatural ability to see beyond what's going on to the end of what God has actually promised. And you would probably say, and I would probably agree with you, that we've never needed Bible hope more than we do right now. I mean, think about this. If it's not the pandemic, it's rumors of wars and saber-rattling. If it's not that, it's social unrest and rioting and looting and political upheaval. How about those killer hornets? And how about not one, but two hurricanes crossing paths at one time? Look at somebody and say, we're living in crazy times. And if that's not enough, NASA now tells us that an asteroid might hit on November 2nd. If I have any say so, can I pick the location? No, moving right along here. But I mean, really? Really? Now an asteroid that may come real close, if not hit this, this planet? I'm thankful for the scripture, like in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, when it comes to situations like this, I just hold on to, to everything I can. It is the promise of hope in the midst of turmoil. And it says that I know the plans I have for you. That's God talking. Come on, turn to somebody and tell him he's got plans for you. Declares the Lord, hallelujah, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So today I want you to, because I'm not going to, I'm not looking at the rioting or the looting or the political upheaval or the hurricanes, or the hornets, or the pandemic. I'm not looking, you know, at the situation with an asteroid. I'm looking at God. Because he has plans to do what? Prosper you, give you a future, and a hope. Proverbs 23, 18 says this, For surely you have a future ahead of you. Your hope will not be disappointed. It's kind of hard to see beyond all the bushes of the nonsense that's going on. But I'm telling you, your best days are ahead of you. I said, God has great things in store for you. It'd be real easy to get focused on everything that's wrong and lose out on this divine supernatural force of hope that'll carry you through anything that's going on. What exactly is Bible hope? Well, first of all, it's an anticipation. You anticipate something great with pleasure and eager expectation. Your neck is outstretched, looking for something, longing for something, because God is up to something. Come on, shout this out. God, my God is up to something in my life. Number two, it's a spiritual force. And that means that as a force, it has the ability to work on things, do things, 
and change things. Watch this. You get your eyes on everything else and you throw down your hope. That force that could change the very things you're focused on, that force is compromised in your life. It does something. Hope actually accomplishes something. Third, we call the blueprint for our faith. It's to see the skeleton as well as use our faith to actually put the wrap on that skeleton or put the, the context of the construction materials on that blueprint. We also call it an anchor because that's what Scripture calls it. The Bible says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Let's think about that for a moment in Hebrews chapter 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor. What does it do? It keeps your soul steady in the midst of nonsense. It keeps your soul steady when everything, it seems, has broken loose against you. You know, when it doesn't seem like they can come up with any other strange, you know, concept or announcement in our country right now, you have this hope that's anchoring you. What is it doing? It's keeping your mind steady. Say it with me. My mind is steady. It's keeping my emotions steady. Say my emotions. And it's keeping your will on the Word of God. Hope will anchor you. When somebody gets real flighty and flaky in any season of life, but particularly in something like we're going through right now, you can tell that their hope is diminishing and it needs to be increasing in your life. Can I have an amen? Fifth, we tell you often that hope is an inner image of an eager expectation. It's a vibrant picture on the inside of you of what life is supposed to be like based on the Word of God. And the good news for you and for me is God's Word hasn't changed. Let me try this one more time. God's word hasn't changed, and it will not change. It's forever settled. Every jot, every tittle, everything he has said either has or will come to pass, and that's what your hope is based on. So if you're large in the word of God, you can have the Bible image on the inside of you. If you've been detached from the word of God, you might begin to see that that picture is getting really fuzzy or out of focus. How many of y'all remember playing around with a Polaroid camera when you were younger? No one's going to admit that, amen? But if you took some of those photos 15, 20, 25 years ago, and let's say you go into a shoebox this afternoon and you open up the lid, you might find out that it's lost its vibrancy. The color's not there. The sharpness is not there. A Polaroid after 15, 20 years, you know, is hardly worth keeping. Hopefully you did something else with it, digitize it, so you could save it. That's what happens if you're not under the Word and in the Word to your Bible hope, your inner image. It begins to fade. And if you're not careful, some other image will begin to replace it that is negative and destructive and goes against the Word of God and discourages you rather than encourages you. But here's the good news for you and for me. The Bible is still available. Amen. We're still in church today. I said we're still in church today. There's no time or distance in the Spirit. If you're watching, God is able to touch you and minister to you today. But you need to understand that God wants you to triumph over any bit, any little smidgen of hopelessness that's trying to take up residence in your heart. He's not the God of hopelessness. He's the God of hope. I said he's the God of hope. Glory to God. Well, how do you define this? How do you overcome hopelessness? What are the functions of Bible hope? I want you to write these down and let them minister to you today. The three functions of hope. First of all, it's seeing beyond the circumstances to God's promised end. 
It's actually being able to see past what's going on. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm looking beyond the hornets. Come on, say it, I'm looking beyond the pandemic. I'm looking beyond the problems. See, you can't do that without Bible hope. If you're not careful, these things are right up in front of your face and you can't see past the end of your nose because these things are screaming for your attention. It's, you know, 24-7 news cycle. It's all you ever hear and you can't see past it. But the function of hope is to see beyond the circumstances to what God has promised. And God has promised us a lot. You may not be seeing that manifestation right now, but if you will hold on and continue to let hope have a function to see beyond this nonsense, you're going to see the end of your faith. And I encourage you in the time that you're in, look as far down the road as you possibly can. You know, if you want, if you'll look down far enough, you'll see a king getting ready to leave his throne. If you look far enough down that road, you'll begin to see him return in all of his power and his glory. And all this nonsense will just vanish like a vapor. We get into trouble when we're so focused on this moment, this second, and everything is wrong. We forget that all these things have been prophesied. All these things were told to us in advance. There is nothing going on in the earth right now that out of the mouth of our own Savior, he did not prophesy and give us wisdom on. Turn to somebody and tell them, look far down that road. Let's do it like Kentucky, a far piece down the road. Hallelujah. In 2 Kings chapter 6, around verse 15, we hear uh, this story. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? You know what he was saying? What are we going to do? Boy, if we haven't heard that refrain lately. What are we going to do? So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Nothing's changed. Hallelujah. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All that needed to be done was for the servant of God's eyes to be opened. All that needs to be done now is for your eyes to be opened again. All these things have caused a veil to come over your eyes, and you can't see what is actually there in the spirit realm. Come on, shout it out. Those that are with us are more than those that are against us. But we have to be able to see it. And if you're struggling today, make that your prayer. Today and tomorrow and this week, God, open up my eyes. I'm looking at the wrong things. I can't see that you're in control, that you have the power, that more are for us than against us. Open up my eyes. What does this mean? It means you need to look past the present situation. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, is the God of what? Hope. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What's the promise? By your relationship with God, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit today, you can overflow with hope. You're not diminishing in hope. You're overflowing in hope. 
you can see like you've never seen before. You can focus on the big picture like you never have before because that's the function of hope is to see beyond the circumstances to God's promised end. I tell you today, prophetically and on the authority of God's word, there's going to be shouting and rejoicing and dancing and glorifying God in this place for what he does in the end. This will not stop his miracle working power. This will not stop the glorification process he began in this place. Get your eyes off the circumstances and get them far peace down the road and rejoice in what God has given you. Amen. Your best days are ahead of you. But you can't see it if you're right here. Glory to God. Number two, the second function of hope is expecting beyond the circumstances to God's promised end. Expecting, not just seeing. There's a difference between knowing, hey, I can see this, this is real, this is coming, it's on its way. What I want to do is actually expect the good things of God. Maybe in the natural, you don't have a reason to expect but according to the word of God, you have every reason to expect. Say it with me, I expect. Say it like this, I have a big expector. What I see is coming to pass. See, you cannot separate hope from expectation. Listen to this scripture in Acts chapter 27. Paul said, do not venture out of the harbor. Do not go. Do not go this way. It's not safe. They didn't listen to him. And the next thing you know, they're in danger now of a shipwreck. And on the third day, Acts 27, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Say that with me. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Do you know there are a lot of people there right now? And I'm not just talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people of faith. They've had all they can stands and they can't stands no more. Seems to me they need a little Popeye spinach pumped into them. Amen. And that's how they view this thing. You know, what's, what's next? You know, what's going to happen when the other shoe drops? And they're constantly looking at everything that's wrong. And finally, they gave up all hope of being saved. I want you to notice this word, we. Because there was somebody that was in the background of this story in the book of Luke of Acts. The apostle Luke actually wrote Luke Acts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and recorded so many things that went on. I want you to understand, it wasn't just Paul struggling here. Even other believers in that ship, other people who knew better than to quit, we're quitting on the inside. That's the danger of the season that we're in. But you're not called to quit. You're called to expect. Now watch this. Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. In other words, I told you so. But aren't you glad he didn't stop with I told you so? He goes on to say, you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Not one of you will be lost in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the Lord 
whom I belong to and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sailed with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Expect that what God told you is coming to pass. You need to have an expectation that goes beyond the circumstances, beyond the weather, beyond the storm, beyond the shipwreck, beyond any loss to where God takes you and moves you forward just because he said he was going to. That's the power of expectation. Well, how does that come? It comes by paying attention to the principles of God. It comes by paying attention to the prophetic word of God. Listen to these uh, words in Romans chapter 5, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. What do we get from the scriptures? Endurance and encouragement. What do we get? Come on, say it with me. Endurance and encouragement through what? Through the scriptures. That's how powerful the Bible is. For I have put my hope in your word, the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 74. What does this mean? It means that when you're in this kind of a battle and there's a fight for that inner image, you've got to on purpose make sure you're exposed to the precepts of God's word. Let me explain this to you. That means personally opening up the Bible. Personally studying the word, memorizing the word, but it also means being under the corporate anointing where the word of God is going forth. Let me help you out here. And I don't have the responsibility of leading every church in our region. Everybody say, thank God for that. <laughs> but I do have a responsibility for the spiritual condition as well as the natural, you know, protection of this flock. And I do so with some great men on our board and a great staff. But I want you to understand something here. A, a church under any banner, under any denominational flag, that just outright does away with services, you can't find Bible to back that up. In fact, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is what? the manner of some. And there is no little asterisk there in Scripture that says, unless COVID-19 comes. Now watch this. You and I have got to stop adding things to our Bible that aren't there. There is no exclusion clause that says if this is happening, you don't go to church. Now, again, if you've tested positive, if you are quarantined because you've been exposed to somebody or you're working out your days based on what your health professionals have told you in terms of your separation, that's one thing. But I'm going to tell you this just boldly as I possibly can. You cannot maintain Bible hope blowing off the house of God and blowing off your personal devotions. It's just not going to happen. Sooner or later, that vital inner image is going to go and it's going to be replaced with something that is more, you know, close to you in terms of circumstances and problems. We can't have this expectation if we don't have the word of God going in. We simply just must make a quality decision. 
And like what Todd said, don't be distracted by a piece of cloth. Don't be distracted by a little bit of an inconvenience. In the scheme of things, it won't matter. You'll be laughing about this in a year or two. You'll be walking up to somebody in church when they say, do you know how ridiculous you looked? Hey, Amen. I'm thinking about having John Wayne Sunday next week. That's going to keep you out of the word. That's going to keep you out of the house of God. That's going to stop you. No. Because the function of hope is to expect and there's no way for that function to work if we're not deeply ingrained in the word of God. Are you here today? Can you imagine when someone says you need to evacuate this coastal city and all the gas stations decide to close? You don't close the gas stations in a mandatory evacuation. You don't close grocery stores in a famine. You don't shut the hospital down when a natural disaster occurs. And you don't shut the church down just because there's a pandemic. He just adjusts. Are you here today? So just for the record, we'll be having services till the cows come home and beyond. Um, and if it's just me and Jim, we're going to have service. I'll just stand right there, and I'll just preach like this house is full, because you know what? God's already prophesied the house is full. Don't pay any attention to the season that you're in, church. Hallelujah. And you're going to be glad you stayed in the Word of God. You're going to be glad you stayed under the Word of God. Do not use COVID as an excuse not to be under the Word of God. It's really not a very good one. Amen? Glory to God. I'm preaching better than y'all are staring at me right now. Yes, amen. Say it with me. Hope, Hope. is seeing beyond the circumstances. Number two, hope is expecting beyond the circumstances to God's expected end. Say it with me. I expect God to move. Expect beyond your situation. He's far from done with you. Praise God. Number three, the third function of hope is rejoicing beyond the circumstances to God's promised end. Everybody say rejoicing. I love this scripture in 2 Chronicles 20. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read a big portion of this to you. In verse 15, it speaks of he or Jehaziel said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Come on, shout it out. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You should tell yourself that every day. Come on, shout it out. It's not my battle. It's the Lord's. And you know the good thing about that is he's never lost one. Never will. He says, tomorrow, march down against them. They'll be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. This is the prophet 
risen up in that prayer meeting, Jehaziel, to the people of God. And Jehoshaphat in response bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised what? They stood up and praised the Lord. Watch this. The enemy's still coming. Nothing has changed. They are still doomed in the natural. And they stood up to do what? They stood up and praised. What an amazing response that is. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing unto the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out at the head of the army, they said, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They weren't back in the camp singing. They were at the head of the military column singing and praising God. What am I telling you here? Listen, listen. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Why? Because you can rejoice beyond your situation. Listen to the scripture from 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and God's great mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope because Jesus rose from the dead. Raise your hand if you believe Jesus rose from the dead. Now we hope for the blessings God has for his children. These blessings which cannot be destroyed or be spoiled or lose their beauty are kept in heaven for you. You see beyond the circumstances. You expect beyond the circumstances. And listen to me, you rejoice beyond the circumstances. What does that mean? Even though nothing has changed in the natural, you got your rejoicing on. You got your praise on. I said you got your praise on. You got your rejoicing on. Listen, if you will see beyond the circumstances and you will expect beyond the circumstances and you will rejoice beyond the circumstances, you're going to stay boldly in Bible hope and you're going to receive the end of your faith. Amen. I think you've got to stand right now and just rejoice. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Hallelujah. 